month gone. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So I want to thank everybody for Sunday. I'll, I'll make more mention of this this coming Sunday as well. But to all of you, the, the things that transpired this past Sunday, great success. Amen. I want to thank the children's ministry staff for their hard labor and all you for your labor. Amen. To make it a great success. Amen. Praise God. We've been talking about overcoming pride. Amen. And uh, uh, sorry here, sir and ma'am, to forgive you a handout. <laughs> Amen. And uh, we've been talking about overcoming pride. And again, we found at the past couple of weeks we've been studying that pride comes from the enemy of the soul, the devil, amen, is not of God, amen. God hates pride. Proverbs six sixteen tells us that these six things that the Lord hate, and seven is abomination to him, and the first thing is pride, amen. So therefore, we must move to get pride out of our life. It is so easy, as I have said, that for us to have pride, because a lot of times, even from a child, our parents begin to instill some pride in us. They tell us we're cute until we become two. Then we, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I can be cute at, at one, at a birth to two, but when I get two, I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible twos, you know. And so... We have to learn how to overcome pride. And there's so many things that we've been studying this year about overcoming. Amen. And so, But we're trying to get this thing out of our lives because as we look at our world today, that's what the world is doing. It is pushing, pushing, and pushing for people to be proud. Amen. And so we have to overcome this thing in our lives. The purpose of this lesson, as I have said in times past, is to overcome and remove pride from our life. Pride kills and destroys a good relationship with God and with others. Only by removing pride from our lives will we be able to walk humbly with God. As the prophet Micah state, He have showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to, but to do justly, love mercifully, and to walk humbly with God in Micah 6 and 8. Amen. And so, therefore, we see some things, some synonyms there that brings about pride in life. Amen. And we found out that all contention and argument stems from pride. Amen. However, we must walk humbly with God. Now, Paul tells us in Philippians 2, he says, Let this mind, 2 5, he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and took upon him the form of a servant and being found in the likeness of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to God. So notice upon him the form of a servant. We are to be servants. And if we get into the mindset of being a good servant, we will find that we will keep pride abased. We'll keep it down and under us. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 43.10, You are my servant, said the Lord, and my, my witness and my servants, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. So God calls us his witnesses and his servants. So therefore, if we are his witnesses and his servants, then pride cannot be in our lives because a good servant is going to be humble. 
If you want to see a really good service in a restaurant, you watch them. Amen. A lot of times they will never let your glass get empty. They will never let you go without having the things that you need that is around. And that's what a good servant do. Jesus says, I did not come to be ministered to, but I come, I meant to minister, but I, to be ministered to, but to minister. Amen. And so we want to have the heart of a servant. And so this is important to help us to overcome pride in our lives. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what we can do to overcome pride. Well, number one, don't think highly of yourself than you ought. Amen. Don't think that you are a bag of chips and, uh, you know, and a Moon Pine RC Cola and better than the Dr. Pepper, you know. You've got to realize that there's always going to be someone that's higher than you. Amen. And so you won't always condense yourself. Now, if you look at Romans, amen, chapter 12, verse 16. Let's go to Romans 12, 16. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit tonight, but we're going to get there. Amen. So you guys hang in there. Got to get my notes right here. You know your pastor. I get to going and I get all excited and carried away, right? Amen. Romans 12, verse 16. Not 616, Romans 12. <laughs> Thank you. Romans 12, verse 16. Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but do what? Condense or condense yourselves to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. So Paul is telling us to come down. Amen. Don't get on your high horse and want to be up there all the time. You need to come down. When you study Scripture... You find that Jesus, they found him more among the poor and the needy than they did the rich and everyone else. And this is why the religious leaders all the time got mad at him. Amen. Because he condensed himself. Why? Because he was a humble servant. And Jesus told them, it's not the well that need the doctor, but the sick. Amen. And we have got to get this in our mindset. If we don't condense or bring ourselves down lower, amen, we will never witness to people who doesn't look like us. We will never begin to share the gospel of the truth with others who is, we might think, smell different or look different or live in a different place. These are the people that need to hear the gospel. Jesus says, go you into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And if I have told you a hundred times, I'd tell you a thousand. Amen. God put people in our pathway every day that look nothing like us. But we have to seize the opportunity to tell them about God. And that's what I was saying last week is we've got to get a, a correct view of God. Our view of God is becoming a screwed by the things of the world. We are allowing the world to shape our thinking and our mind instead of the Word of God. So we want to get a clear view of God. We need to pray. We need to ask God, God, what will you have me to do? Show me, amen, those things that are inside of me. David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me 
and know my thoughts and see if there be wicked in me. We need to pray and says, God, look in me today for pride. God, look at me and see if I'm going to get prideful in any circumstance, in any situation today, and I need you to keep me in a humble state. Amen. We want to have a clear view of God. Amen. And who He is and what He is doing in our lives. So we want to take our eyes off of us and put them on Christ and on the people. Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look on the harvest field, for they're white already to harvest. Amen. What is one of our goals for the year? To teach one Bible study, to bring at least one visitor to church. Amen. We've got to get this thing moving, and we can do that if we keep our focus and our eyes on God and not on ourselves. If I think I'm not good enough to do it, I'll keep myself in a prideful situation and not go out and do what God is asking me to do. I want to do what God is saying me to do. So let's take our eyes off of ourselves. King Saul, as we study, amen, if you notice, Saul somehow, and I've been looking the scriptures to try to find out, where did he get pride to allow pride to come into his life? You know, that when he's anointed to be king, he's a humble character. He's shoulder above everybody else. He seems to not want the position, but he's anointed. God chooses him. Samuel anoints him to be the king. God gives him a band of men and sends a band of men with him whose heart God has touched. But somewhere he allowed pride to get into his heart. And as a result, he went about to kill everything that God had given him. See, instead of elevating and putting some, some trust and confidence in David and Jonathan, he went about to kill him. Amen. So we have to not allow ourselves to get to that standpoint. When we look at the book of Esther, we find a man by the name of Haman. Let's go to Esther chapter 6, and I'll start at verse 4, and we might read through chapter 7, but uh, we'll see how far God get us here. Esther Chapter 4, and I'm going to kick off around verse, chapter 6, excuse me. I'm losing, getting old. Chapter 6, verse (laughs) 4. All right. We there? Everybody there? Amen. And the king said, who is in the court? Now, we know that Haman, man, he's done built the gallows. He's going to kill Mordecai. You know, he's, he's hating the Jews, right? And so notice, so the king now, he, he, he had trouble sleeping and he realized that he hasn't did anything for, for Mordecai. And the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman was coming into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in. And the king said to him, 
What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought with the king used to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighted to honor, and bring him on horseback through the streets of the city, and proclaim himself, Thus shall be done to the man whom the king delight to honor. He's building himself up. Pride is just running all over him. You know, you can see the saliva dropping. You know, I'm a ride through the street now. Who does the king want to honor but me? See? He thinks I'm hot stuff. Man, royal pearl on the king's horse, you know. Then the king said to Haman, (laughs) Make haste and take the apparel and the horses thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Whoa! Remember, pride goes before destruction. Amen. Notice here. Amen. Your pride will bring you low. Amen. So the, so the king says, go do what you said you are going to do. But do it to Mordecai. In other words, do it to the guy you hate. Amen. Do it to the one that you want to kill. Isn't God good? Amen. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate, but Haman hastened to his house mourning. And having his head covered. And Haman told Zerach, his wife, and all his friends, everything that has befallen him. Then said his wise men, and Zerach, his wife, unto him, If Mordecai be the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shall surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlain and hastened to bring Haman into the banquet of Esther, which Esther has prepared. And think about this. Man, your pride is already starting to bring you low. You're weeping. you got your head covered. You're running through the streets. You're trying to get home as quick as possible because you're embarrassed. You're, you're, you're now afraid of what's going to happen. You get home. You start telling your wife. You start telling your friends what has transpired. Amen. All because of your pride. Amen. And now here knocks the knock on the door. Oh, man, guess what? King wants you. <laughs> oh, no. Amen. So now the king summons him. So chapter 7. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thou petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. Can you imagine? He's probably shaking in his boots about right now. 
And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. And Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are soul and I and my people to be destroyed, to bring sl- to be slain and to perish. But if we have been sold for bondsmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then King Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he that thus presumed in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king ariseth from the banquet of wine, and his wrath went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request of his life to Esther the queen. He knows he's in trouble now. For he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman was fallen upon the bed where Esther was. Then said the king, Will ye force the queen also before me in this in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Herbarthna, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubic high, which Haman hath made for Mordecai, who have spoken good of the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king says, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Notice. Oh, man. Oh, man. Amen. A man's pride shall bring him low, but the honor shall uphold the humble and spirit. Amen. Amen. We have got to realize that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Amen. Proverbs 11 and 2 says, When pride cometh, then also cometh shame. When pride cometh. Amen. Notice, Haman automatically had pride. Oh, who is the king going to want to honor but me? Amen. Not realizing you know, that his adversary was getting ready to be the guy you've got to parade through the town. Can you imagine having to lead your enemy on horses, on a horse with royal apparel through the city, and you've got to hold the bridle and lead him? Wow. Amen. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? He knows how to do it just right, you know. And if that wasn't enough, (laughs) your life is coming down, man. You build a gallows, you're going to hang somebody else. And now here it is. You get hung on the thing that you build. Amen. Praise God. A man's pride shall bring him low. This is why we must get it out of our lives. Amen. The rug is slippery. It is easily removed. Amen. Obadiah 1.3. Obadiah 1.3. 
Obadiah 1 3. The pride of thine heart have deceived thee, that thou dwellest in the cleft of the rock whose habitation is high. Thou saith in our heart, in thine heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Notice, your pride has deceived you. Some of these scriptures is not on the paper. I'm sorry. We shoot from the hip a lot of times. <laughs> Amen. But notice, your pride in your heart has deceived you. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Amen. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. So don't let your heart deceive you. Amen. Don't trust in your heart. We've seen this in other lessons. He that put his trust in his own heart is a fool. You know, and what does Jeremiah say? Amen. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen. Don't allow your heart to deceive you. Don't allow pride to deceive you. Obadiah says your pride has deceived you. Your pride has made you think you was pretty. Your pride has made you think you was righteousness. Your pride has made you want to be an idol. Your pride has made you feel that you're desirable. Your pride has made you feel that you're eloquent. Think about it. Amen. Only by pride comes contention. Amen. Only by pride. Pride will deceive you to make you think you're something when you're not. You remember last week we said, General George Patton says, if you think you're indispensable, you ain't. Amen. You're not indispensable. God doesn't need you. You need Him. Amen. And He has no problem with jerking the rug right out from under you. Amen. Haman and Saul are two examples of how you can allow pride to destroy you. Instead of using what God had given to Saul to make the kingdom great. Amen. He let pride get in his way. As we saw in past scriptures, how when the people began to say, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousand. And from that point, he began to become envy and jealous of David. He let his pride get into his heart. And he went about from that moment to destroy David instead of elevating and helping David to become what God was trying to do. Amen. And we'll talk about that in just a minute here. Amen. But we must not allow accolades and things to get into our hearts that build us up in pride. We have to take every accolade and, and thing that is given to us with a grain of salt. Amen. We don't want to allow ourselves to get so prideful that we think we are, as I said earlier, a bag of chips. As Brother Miller used to say, you open a bag of chips, most of it is there. <laughs> you pay all that money, you get a handful of chips. <laughs> you know, so, so we have to realize this. In Acts chapter 12, Acts 12, verse 21 through 23, we see King Herod here. Notice, amen, Acts chapter 12. Everybody there? I'm not really your pastor. 
Verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghosts. Amen. Pride just fooled you. Amen. God, can you imagine being zapped right on your throne? <laughs> Amen. God zapped him right on his throne. Amen. Because he did not give God the glory. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. We cannot allow our self-righteousness to push us to a point to where we think we're righteous than everyone else. Isaiah 65, verse 1 through 5. Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65, verse 1 through 5. Talking about keeping ourselves abased and humble. Isaiah 65. I am sought of them that ask not of me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walk in a way that was not good after their own thoughts, a people that provoked me to anger continually to my face, that sacrificed in gardens and burnt incense upon altars of bricks, which remain among the graves and lodge in the mount, moment, monument, excuse me, which eat swine's flesh and broth of abominable things, is in their vessels, which say, Stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. Amen. Oh, get away. I'm holier than you. Stay over there. Self-righteousness. See? And what does God say? These are smoke in my nose, a fire that burneth all day long. Amen. You're coming down. Amen. Don't allow pride. Don't elevate yourself. Humble yourself. Walk. What does the Lord require? Micah said to walk humbly with your God. You want to stay abased. As Peter said, he that humbled himself will be exalted. God will exalt you in due time. Amen. If we stay humble, if we keep ourselves humble, we will be just fine. Amen. Amen. We find Jesus among the poor, the needy. Keep yourself abased. Amen. Humility is necessary for every Christian, not only in his dealings with others, but if he keeps himself humble, he'll keep his mind and open and teachable. Amen. 
If you think you know everything, nobody can teach you everything. And that's what pride does, is that you can't tell me anything. You're not teachable. You've got to stay humble. And as long as you stay humble, you can be taught. Amen. God will impart wisdom and knowledge unto you. Amen. And this is what he desires for us to do. So we got to keep that solid, as I said early, view of God. Do you think you're better than others? I asked you this question the other day. Do you think you are better than other people? Do you think you are indispensable? Do you think that your accomplishments and positions entitle you to special favors? Amen. We have to make sure that we don't have false beliefs about ourselves. We need to look at these things to make sure that we do not allow them to cause us to have uh, a self-preservation, should I say, or self-expectation of ourselves. We want to flee these kind of things that can cause us, amen, to be brought low. I don't want God to jerk the rug out from under me. I want to stay humble and let him pick me up. Amen. Praise God. Pride versus humility. We cannot buy into the world's culture and get an attitude of it's all about me. Amen. This is what the world is pushing. John tells us in 1 John 2.16, he says, all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He says it's not of the Father, it is of the world. Amen. I was listening to Brother Aaron Soto was talking the other day in a message. I was listening to him preach about his, says that his father tells the story about when his father first got saved. And that his, his father and his mother was on the way to church and his dad was, was driving down the road, and he had this nice-looking car, and some guy pulled out in front of him. And he says, and his dad lays on the horn, and his dad is shaking his fist at the guy in front of him. And all of a sudden, they get to the churchyard, the driveway to the church, and Brother Soto turns in to go to the church, and the guy comes right in behind him. <laughs> The guy was going to the church, too. <laughs> and he says his mom gets out of the car, and the first thing she does is jerk the bumper sticker off that I love Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine? Amen. We can't allow pride to get into our hearts. Amen. It's not all about me. It's not about me. No, it's got to be about him. Amen. I want to magnify. I want to glorify him. If he tells me to humble myself, I must humble myself. Amen. If he tells me to give, I must give. I have got to do what God is asking of me to do. We do not spend more time on ourselves trying to make ourselves something and not make him what he should be. Amen. I don't want to be the sinner. I want him to be the sinner. Of my attention. I want to give credit to everything that goes on in my life to Him. Amen. See, if I will elevate Him, He will elevate me. Amen. But if I put Him down and try to elevate myself, He has a way to bring me down and elevate Himself. John the Baptist says, I must decrease, He must increase. 
If I keep that mindset that everything that I do, I elevate God, if I build up God, amen, I am going to be just fine. Praise God. Amen. Number four on your list. Number four, page four. Amen. We got to uh, invest. Invest here in others. Amen. Invest in others. Who are you investing in? Who are you mentoring? Who are you investing in here? Amen. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, For thou, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall teach others also. Pride is killed when you share the spotlight with someone else, especially if they are better than you. I must decrease, he must increase. It's a little uneasy at first, and you wonder, will you be forgotten? But as you keep doing it, as you keep working it, you will see, amen, that your pride will be abased, amen, and things will get done God's way. You always want to look at elevating and building up others to help you overcome your pride in your life. The Great Commission is to the whole world, as I said earlier. And so, therefore, if we go, if we do what God is asking of us to do, it will cause us to stay humble. It will call us to stay abased. Amen. When we look at Paul's writings, when we look at Paul's life, amen, we see that Paul was all about the kingdom. And if Paul had an attitude of self and all about me... He'd have never went to those places. So I want to give you a homework assignment this week for next week. I want you to look in the book of Acts, and you find this in chapters 13 through chapter 18, uh, 21, um, and Paul's three missionary journeys, okay? You're going to find Paul does three missionary journeys. So what I want you to look at, I want you to look at the places he visited, I want you to look at who was with him. I want you to look for outstanding events that occurred on those three missionary journeys. And then I want you to look for how the Spirit impacted the area that he went and what transpired, okay? And then next week we we can look at some of these. But I want you to look at the places he visited. Look at who was with him. Look for outstanding events that transpired on those three missionary journeys. And then look how the Holy Spirit impact in those areas. That's your homework for next week. Amen. And so we want to invest in others. We want to build up the kingdom of God. And as though our goal is to teach Bible studies and to bring people to church, we want to invest in people and disciple people so that they have a clear understanding because it should the Lord tarish, you and I are not going to be on the scene forever. We're going off the scene someday. And so we want to build up others that will be able, as Paul said, to teach others also. 
I want to invest in somebody. I want to invest this truth. I want to invest in other people. Amen. And I have to be willing to condense and keep myself humble if I am going to do that. Amen. I want to be what God wants me to be. Amen. But I have to take my eyes off me and put it on people. Amen. And put it on Jesus. I must communicate with Jesus and find out, Lord, what will you have me to do as Paul asked the church? Amen. And so we need to be willing, amen, to do this and to work diligently in our zeal to make the church what God wants it to be. But if I'm prideful, it ain't going to happen. Okay. It's not going to happen. And that's what I say, when visitors enter the door, we must be willing to greet everyone. We've got to get out of the box. We've got to make them feel welcome. But if I have pride in my heart and if I think I'm better than someone else, amen. You know, they can feel it. Not only can they feel it, but God can see it. <laughs> and he has no problem with humbling you. Amen. You ever had somebody get on the seat next to you and you didn't want them on the seat next to you? Could be God trying to show you got pride in your heart. Amen. <laughs> you want to think about that. Amen. In our, our zeal, you're a little bit. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Go to Luke chapter 14. Amen. He's talking about keeping our eyes off of us and Putting it on others. Amen. Luke 14, verse 7 through 11. And he put forth a parable to those which was bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief room, room, saying unto them, When thou art bidded of any man to a wedding, sit not thou down in the highest room, lest a more honorable person or honorable man than thou be bidded of him. And he that baited them and him come and say unto him, Give this man place. And thou being with shame, be again with shame to take the lower room. But when thou art bidden, go sit down in the lowest room, that when he that baited thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbled himself shall be exalted. So God said, don't take the high seat. Don't take the, the best piece of chicken. <laughs> Leave it for someone else. <laughs> he says, don't go to the front. But take the lower and allow those that are in charge to bid you to come up. Then you won't be ashamed. He says, but if you go running up there and then somebody, one more honorable come, 
and they tell you to get out of that seat and go back down there. As you're walking down the line, he says, you're going to be ashamed. You're going to be embarrassed. So it's better to take the Lord and let somebody bid you to come forth. Amen. And so we have to listen to what the master is saying to us because it's easy. We go to some place. Oh, I've got to have that front seat. You ever went running into a place? Oh, I'm going to get in the front. You get up there and it says reserved. <laughs> you ever seen that happen? You don't pass 10 seats back there because you wanted to be in the front. You get there and this one is reserved. And now you got to go back to try to find now a whole bunch of other people done got these. And now you find yourself back further than what you wanted to be. And then you're looking at is that seat taken? Is that seat taken? Oh, I got this one reserved for somebody else. See? Take the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's right. Be of a humble spirit. Be of a humble mind. Amen. Be willing, as I said earlier, to invest in others. For the end of the year, another assignment for you. I want you to choose someone that you can invest in. Choose someone that you can invest in. Purpose in your heart. I'm going to pull everything that God has given me to help them to grow, to be more like Christ as well. Be willing to spend some time with them. Be willing to, to share information and wisdom and knowledge that they will help to grow. Because when you study Paul's life, you know, all of us in here right now, we could say we are a product of Paul. <laughs> Because Paul learned from Christ and the apostles, and as a result, he was willing to share. I promise you, there's probably not a day in the year that goes by. Somewhere in the world, the apostle Paul is talked about. See? I bet you that every message, somewhere, something Paul wrote or Paul talked about is going to be in that message. And as a result of that, it's showing you that he was willing to invest and others, as he told Timothy, the things that you have received, give the faithful men, which will be able to, you know, carry the gospel on as well. So who are you going to share? Who are you going to invest in? Amen. Because when you go off the scene, what are they going to say about you? You know, you want to invest in somebody. Amen. Whether a kid at school or whatever, you know, be willing to be a mentor to help someone. And that starts with humility in our own lives. Amen. We cannot allow our possessions. We cannot allow our intellect. We cannot allow what the, the things we possess and have to prevent us from helping someone else to do good. So we want to put our best forward to help others. As I said early, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wow. Gotta stop. Amen. But as we said, amen, we want to not be conceited. We don't be want to be self righteous. Amen. We want to stay humble. We want to keep ourselves abased. Amen. And let God work through us. 
and if we have pride, if we, you know, uh, as I said at the onset of the lesson, we know that pride is not of God. You know, even Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom tells us that, that God hates pride, he hates arrogancy, and the evil works and a forward mouth, the Bible says, I hate. So we have to get to that point in our lives and our walk with God that we hate the same things that God hates and we love the same things that God loves. And if we know that God hates pride, then we have to watch for it. You know, as the Lord told Peter, watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. See, we can overcome pride and if we're not careful, it'll sneak right back around and come right back in. And so we have to, we have to monitor and that's where we build our prayer life. We strengthen our prayer life, amen, so that we stay close to God, so that we keep Him elevated, so that we can stay a base, amen, and in His will, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We praise you again tonight, Lord. Let us be humble, O God, continually before you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, again tonight. Lord, I pray for your people. Father, I pray, Lord, that you keep your hand upon them, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that they will continue to be lights in darkness, O God. As they study, O God, I pray that you open your bank of wisdom and knowledge and understanding for them. God, as they invest in others, O God, this year, Lord God, I'm asking you, Lord God, to be with them. Lead them to those, God, that you would like for them to develop, O God, and to disciple and to share your love with, O God. And and be with them, Lord, I pray, and strengthen them in every place, O God, and keep them and their families and their loved ones, God, and their Draw their hearts, O oh God. Draw across this city, God, I pray, Lord, again, that you root out every unclean spirit in our city, O oh God, tonight. We are praying that you move upon every backslider in this city, O oh God. You have done it before, God, and I know there's nothing impossible for you to do, Jesus. I'm so thankful, God, for your love and kindness and tender mercies, Lord, the way you have blessed us, O oh God. I know, God, your promises are always yea and amen, Lord God, and I'm confident in your abilities, God. I'm confident in everything that you have promised will come to fruition, O oh God. And we wait upon you, Lord, to let your perfect will be done, Lord. But as we develop and grow together, Lord, we're asking you, Lord God, to keep us in a humble state, Lord God, that you will be seen and not us in all that we do. And we glorify and magnify in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget Sunday service. Amen. Be a light witness. Amen. Our bishop will be ministering for us Sunday. Amen. So come ready to worship. Amen. As well, announcements are up. Eight o'clock leadership training. Leaders. Anybody want to be a leader? Amen. From 8 to 845. Amen. Brother Richard, I have the coffee ready for us. Faithful 10-4. Amen. All right. All right. God bless you. Be safe out there. Amen. Continue to pray for one another.